I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. One of the truly interesting things about doing this podcast is that it allows me to go back and review cases that maybe didn't stick out to me at the time, but are very important and very interesting because of the details. For instance, in Flagler Beach in December of 2006, a fellow named Lance Fine surfaced in our investigation, 35 years old, and I had sort of forgotten about Lance, to be honest with you, and that's understandable, I suppose, given the fact that I've dealt with 400 or so of these guys over the years. But when I started to research for this particular episode, it all came back to me and why his case was so outrageous. And then to learn what's happened since then truly made it a fascinating story. And so it is that Lance Fine, who went by the name First and Grand Online, is going to be the focus of this episode. Lance had lived in Tennessee, Jefferson County, near Knoxville, most of his life. And he came to Florida, Orlando specifically, nine days before we met at our stinghouse, or actually across the street from our stinghouse in Flagler Beach, Florida. Nine days. And later he would tell a police detective that he left Tennessee because it was kind of boring. Well, as it turns out, Flagler Beach, Florida in general, was not so boring. So Lance is online chatting, and he comes across a profile of a young man who's 14. The 14-year-old goes by the name Derek M12292. That's a screen name. And the chat gets pretty graphic pretty quickly. Derek makes it clear right off the bat that he's 14. For some reason, First and Grand, a.k.a. Lance Fine, says that he's 32 instead of 35. Now, this is a pattern. I've talked about it before. 
Derek, posing as the 14-year-old, posts a video which Lance sees. Now, Lance, I should tell you, goes by the name of Scott in this conversation, and that'll become important later because it makes him very hinky at the point of contact with the on-site decoy, but more on that in a moment. The chat starts off like many do. What's up? Not much. DL says he's 14 and from Flagler. You? 32 male Orlando. Cool. K-E-W-L. What do you like to do? Says Lance. Um, I like chilling with friends, hanging out, playing Xbox, soccer, lacrosse. I saw your video. You're really cute. You look older than 14. Well, I'm almost 15, he says. LOL, thanks. Now I'm embarrassed. Because that movie is horrible. This is the decoy talking about the video he posted. But I got an A on it. I'm sure you did, says Lance. When do you turn 15? Like, that's going to make a big difference. January, Capricorn. I used to live in Ormond Beach, says Lance. Aquarius, oh, cool. And the chat is continuing, and he says, So may I ask you a personal question? Sure, why not? Are you into guys? Yeah, you? Yes. Do you like older guys? This is the grooming process right here. Yeah, I like people that are nice. Nice to you? That's not hard to do, says Lance. And then he goes on to ask if the boy's parents know that he's into guys. They don't know, he says. That Lance says, I can keep a secret. Can you? Now, this is part of the process of grooming somebody who's absolutely, positively underage by someone who knows they can get into trouble for doing this. Now, you should also know that these two have been in contact before. Lance, the 35-year-old, has already had a chat with Derek in another gay chat room. He doesn't seem to remember it. At this point, though, he goes on. So give me an example of how guys are nice. He dodges that question. The decoy does and says he's got to run and do something for his father. They take a break and come back. Lance says, what's up, hot stuff? Sup, hottie? Just home for a minute on break. Will you be online late tonight? I'm at work. We'll be back later. Hey, says Lance. What's up? Not much, says Derek, and they get back into the conversation. He says he's home from work. It was very slow. Now, at this point, Lance, the 35-year-old, is a waiter for the Hard Rock Cafe in Orlando. And he is willing to travel more than an hour from where he lives with a female friend of his, who he's known for about 13 years, to go visit the 14-year-old boy. And it doesn't take long in this conversation for him to become very, very graphic about what he wants to do with this boy. He says that he's met other people online for sex, but nobody younger than 17. This is just what he says in the conversation with the decoy from Perverted Justice. And they talk about getting together, about how much Lance likes the picture of the boy. And then he starts in... I can't wait to see you. And he takes a break. He said, sorry, I had to stroke it for a minute, meaning he had to masturbate because he thought the picture was so hot. And then he gets into something that's kind of rare in the Predator investigations. He says, I'd so love to be beaten up by you. Beaten up and be your toilet. 
And then he asks, are you dad free this weekend? Meaning is your dad gone? The boy, the decoy from perverted justice has told Lance that he lives with his father, but his father sometimes leaves for Fort Lauderdale to go be with his girlfriend. He says, yes, I'm free this weekend. He says he can bring some crown royal. And then he starts to get suspicious. But this could be a trap, or we could get caught, etc. Decoy says, a trap? And I could go to jail, says Lance. Derek the decoy, nah. Well, the thought did cross my mind, says Lance. But damn, you're pretty. And who knows what else Lance had done up to this point, either in Tennessee or in Florida. But this is typical of somebody who sees an opportunity and his drive to have this sexual encounter, fulfill this fantasy of being a human toilet, getting beat up, is so strong that when he sees the opportunity, he puts aside any concerns about it being a sting operation or a police operation. And he, he can't control his urges. And he shows up. And that's ultimately what Lance would do. Then Derek says, you ain't my dad setting me up, are you? So he's playing back into that fear of trying to ally it. Then the decoy indicates that, you know, if he gets enough Crown Royal in him, gets drinking, he'll be up for just about anything. Lance says, that's what I'm hoping for. Decoy says, I get kind of crazy. Did you still want me to do you? Lance says, fuck me? Yeah, if you want to. Heck yeah, bro, says the decoy. Maybe you can punch me while you're fucking me. There's more talk about pictures that the decoy has sent. And you can tell that Lance is starting to get excited about this meeting. And in spite of his fears about it being a setup or a sting operation, the perverted justice decoys and Frag and Dell are pretty sure that he's going to show up at this point. Lance says, I don't want to meet your dad, your friends, nobody. Good, LOL, says the decoy. Just you. Good. And to get the shit beat out of me, of course. He's really into this fetish about getting beat up. In fact, he gets even more specific as the chat goes along. There's more discussion about being hit. Are you up for it? Says the decoy. Lance says, I am, but all this talk of it has you wanting to do the more you think about it, right? So he's trying to convince the boy that it's a good idea, that talking about it makes him want to do it even more. All worked up and shit, LOL. Lance says, can I kiss your knuckles before you hit me? Who comes up with this stuff? I want to lay on my back, says Lance, with a pillow and let you sit on my face with your knees over my forearms, then punch me repeatedly in the face. He he, says the decoy, after some crown, I'll be up for anything, meaning crown royal again, the whiskey getting drunk. Then Lance says, damn, you're going to fuck me up, aren't you? Then the decoy says, well, I don't like want to have to call an ambulance. Can you drive a car? I have before. Now remember, this decoy is posing as a 14-year-old, so he doesn't even have a driver's license. And here is Lance Fine, 35, getting into all this graphic detail about a very violent sexual encounter. Something that could damage a child for life physically and emotionally. And now he's gone down this road that he's not going to turn around from. He says, I mean, I really won't want you to stop. Okay, says the decoy. So how bad you want to hurt me? I will. 
if that's what you want. I'll fuck you up, biatch, says the decoy, playing along. Is this hot? Says Lance. Are you hard thinking about it? I am. How many times can you come? Now he gets into even more graphic detail and wants to get on the cell phone to talk about it. Now, there have been cases in the past where, you know, this is just a guy trying to live out his fantasy. Not that it's good or acceptable, but, you know, sometimes these predators say this stuff just to get some sort of gratification, but don't show up. But not Lance. Lance is going to show up. But not before he has some more second thoughts. So when I come see you, I want to take your first load in my mouth, your second in my ass, and after that, I don't care just as long as it's in one of them. Decoy says, LOL, okay. So what are you thinking, bro? Lance, bad thoughts, bad. Ooh, LOL. Why you say bad? Because bad things could happen. Now, this is the part where he starts to realize that if he gets caught, he's in trouble. Like what, says the decoy, if we get caught? Dude, don't even think that. That would so suck. Lance says, see? So you're like a total little jock at school, and nobody knows, huh? Again, he's going back over testing to see if he's really gay, testing to see if he's really going to go through with this. And then Lance Fine makes the more than one-hour drive from the place where he lives near Orlando to Flagler Beach. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. We are in this sting house that is directly across the street from the beach. And there are a couple of boardwalks, wooden steps that go down to the actual beach. And from a production standpoint, we're thinking maybe it would be interesting if we had the on-site decoy, a young actor, playing the role of a Derek M12292, meet the predator on the beach. So that's the way we set this up. So the young man, the actor, goes out to the boardwalk, the steps, and we're watching. I'm with Ron Knight, and there's a camera crew nearby, obviously, and and the idea is that we will do the actual confrontation on the beach or nearby. The police obviously have to get into position because it's not the usual confront the guy in the house, the guy walks out, The police arrest him. This is a little different and, quite honestly, a little more fluid and a little more challenging. But we have it down pretty well. So we're watching, and I've got a remote monitor, and we can hear things, and we're in communication with Dell of Perverted Justice and the rest of the production team. And we see him from the remote camera walk down the beach. Okay, uh, first and grand is coming for a boy. And Lance Fine sees the on-site decoy and starts to approach him. But he doesn't get into a conversation with the on-site decoy because the actor, the young man, calls him by his real name, Lance. Now, he uses the name Scott during the chat, and this spooks him. Now, he's already anxious, and we saw that in the chat. But when the actor decoy says Lance, he gets freaked out because he thinks the decoy is going to call him by the name he used online, Scott. Are you Lance? Hey, I'm Derek. It's Derek. Are you Lance? No. 
Okay. So he bails. Now, the crime's already been committed, right? You guys know this because of the online chat. So he starts to walk away, and that's when I approach him. Listen to that first contact. What's going on? Just out riding around. Hey, is that you right there? That is me. So then you would be the one who had this chat online. I don't know what you're talking about. Lance is clearly surprised to see me. He doesn't run, but he also doesn't want to give anything up. He claims he doesn't know what I'm talking about, but I've got the transcripts. Talk about what he wanted to do with this 14-year-old boy. And he thinks he's going to be okay not giving up any details here, but after I keep at it with specifics from the transcripts, he does admit that the screen name I show him is one of his screen names. Take a listen. What's your screen name, Lance? I have a few you have in a my few. account. Is one of them first and grand? Yes, okay. that is the primary one. Okay. I want to lay on my back with a pillow and let you sit on my chest with your knees over my forearms and punch <laughs> me repeatedly. That's funny. That's yeah, funny, huh? That's funny. Well, it's not going to be funny for very long. It's the kind of nervous laughter you hear from somebody who's guilty and has been caught. Now, I've heard that excuse a million times about somebody must have gotten on my computer, and it's not going to fly here either. Sure, if you want to lick it clean. And how old is the boy that you came to see today? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. 14, male, flagler. Must have been somebody on my computer. Must have been somebody on your computer, huh? So somebody was on your computer who made plans to meet right down here and magically you showed up. Well, I'm not going to say anything. He denies everything. The chat, even though he does admit that First and Grand is one of his screen names, his primary one. He claims he's never tried this before with a child and that it's not really him who is having this discussion. The graphic specifics about wanting the boy to beat him up, to put his knees on his forearms. But then something very interesting happens that pretty much, in my mind and in that of the law, seals this case. Lance's cell phone rings. Did you want to answer your phone? Uh, was it ringing? Yeah. I'll just turn it off until we're done talking. <clears throat> you know how? You know who just called you? Could have been my mother for all I know. No, I can tell you exactly who it was. It was my crew called you because they had the cell phone number that you gave the boy in the chat. That's right. We had the decoy call Lance's phone in the middle of my confrontation with Lance. So he wants to schluff it off as nothing. Could be his mom for all he knows. But we know exactly who it is. And he's about to find out how much trouble he's actually in. What's the police officer doing here? Get off the ground now! There you go. At this point, Lance literally melts into the sand on the side of the road. He offers no resistance, and the police take him into custody. You have the right to remain silent. He's brought into the Flagler Beach police facility, and he's going to be questioned, as all the predators are, and he right away lawyers up. But he wants to know, he asks the detective, literally, if there are any reasonable lawyers in town. He wants a lawyer, 
doesn't want to answer any more questions, and that's his right. But then he asks the detective, are there any reasonable lawyers in town? Any reasonable attorneys in the area? The detective says, what do you mean by reasonable? He says, like, you know, ones that don't charge that much. And the detective is like, why would you even ask that question? They search his car and they find a small bottle of Crown Royal, as promised, some marijuana and some condoms. It's pretty clear what the intent was here. He was charged with four different counts related to this predatory behavior and was later found guilty. He didn't get any jail time. He had some probation, five years, and he had to register as a sex offender. Lance Fine did. So there are questions as to whether or not that was enough punishment or deterrent, and you could debate that for a long time. Some of the sentences in Flagler seemed a little lenient to a lot of observers. But at least he did have to register. At least he was exposed. We called the Hard Rock Cafe later and were told that uh, he no longer worked there. Now, we thought that that would be pretty much the end of what we'd hear about Lance Fine. But it turns out Lance moves back to Tennessee, Jefferson County, or Knoxville, changes his name to Lance Perlis, and about five years ago, gets into trouble with the law again. What did he do? Well, as best we can tell, it was for wearing a werewolf mask as a waiter at the Perkins restaurant, a family restaurant in Tennessee. Why would he get into trouble for that? Well, as a registered sex offender, you're not supposed to be A, around children, and B, you're not supposed to wear a mask. And so this particular Halloween, five years ago, the local authorities did a check on known registered sex offenders. And apparently, they wanted to check up on Lance Perlis, formerly Lance Fine. So they do so, and they find him wearing this werewolf mask. And so he's arrested, and that made the local news in Knoxville. You may have seen this sex offender's face before on TV. Now we're talking about Lance Perlis here, who was uh, convicted back in 2006 after being caught in the act on a TV show. Cameron Taylor found out he was arrested again. Kristen and Ryan, this all happened on Halloween when Perlis was working as a server at Perkins and Dandridge. Now, according to the arrest report, an officer noticed a picture of Perlis on Facebook wearing a costume at the restaurant, which he's not supposed to do when children are around. Tennessee law is very clear. If you are a convicted sex offender, you cannot pretend to be someone, disguise yourself, uh, wear a mask or uniform uh, in public. Law enforcement got wind of this because Perlis had posted a picture on Facebook of him in the mask. And there were some kids in the picture and that created the interest by law enforcement. Whether or not this is actually the crime of the century or whether or not he was wearing this mask for any sort of nefarious purpose, we really don't know. It would appear that he was just taking part in a Halloween celebration at the Perkins restaurant. But the good news is that law enforcement, at least in this part of Tennessee, was watching and paying attention to the registered sex offenders in their area. And that's the point, really, of the whole sex offender registry is that 
law enforcement is aware that these people are out there. And there is a high percentage of recidivism here. People worry about registered sex offenders being in their area. The time to worry, and again, I understand that, and nobody wants that really, but the time to worry is when there's an unregistered sex offender in your area because law enforcement doesn't know anything about it and doesn't monitor. And that's really key because even if these guys don't do prison time, the registration, the monitoring is critical. And it worked in this case. So far as we know, other than that incident with the werewolf mask, Lance Perlis, formerly Lance Fine, has not reoffended. But as with all the predators I've caught, we will keep a watch. As you know, I like to hear from you. And so we solicit questions, if you can, an audio file question about the podcast, about the predator investigations, about anything else really you want to ask. But I try to listen to virtually every question submitted, and and there are a lot of them. And this week, the question comes from Angel in Indiana. Hi, Chris. My name is Angel. I'm 24 and I'm from Indiana. I was wondering, when your show first came out in 2004, I was about seven years old and it aired pretty late at night. And I was a bit of a strange kid, but it was the highlight of my week every time a new one would come on. And I would run into my parents' bedroom with them when they were getting ready to go to sleep and I would watch it with them. And looking back at it now, I spent a lot of my life online. I was homeschooled and I did a lot of schooling on the computer. And because of that, I encountered a lot of creeps and predators myself. And I think that the insight I got watching your show with all of the investigations, I knew not to fall into traps and become a victim of things. And I was wondering if you guys will be doing any more stings or investigations to help other kids in the future generations. Angel, that's an excellent question. One, I'm glad that our show provided the education, awareness, and dialogue that prevented you from becoming an online child victim. That's the most important thing. And I often tell people the goal here has always been to create awareness and a dialogue, as I mentioned, that didn't exist before. And I think over the last 17 years, we've done that. And that's part of why we decided to do the podcast was because during the pandemic, so many people were online, both children and predators. And the reality is that from the first predator investigation, the number of social media platforms where a predator can approach children has gone up exponentially. To the question of, are we doing more investigations? The answer is yes. Some have already been done. Some are in the works. And I'm working right now with production partners to determine where those new investigations will air. And we have a couple different possibilities. So I believe that I'll have news on that pretty close to the first of the year. But I'm getting ready to do more in the planning, working with law enforcement across the country. And so I guarantee you we're going to keep at it as part of our portfolio of uh, journalistic endeavors. 
But I think it's important because the landscape has changed so much, Angel. You know, when we started this, we merely had decoys and chat rooms on AOL and Yahoo. Well, today, I can't even keep up. So it's important, and we will continue to do it. Thank you, Angel, so much. I hope everything is good in Indiana. To all of you, thank you for listening, as always. You can reach me anytime you want at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.